The Ryan and Russ Show is brought to you by Vision Homes. If you're looking to build a new home in North Central West Virginia, then AskVisionHomes.com is the place for you. Vision Homes, building you a house you are proud to call home. And don't forget to subscribe to The Ryan and Russ Show. And don't take our word for it. Take Coach Neelands. Hi, this is Coach Don Neeland, and you're watching The Ryan and Russ Show. Please subscribe. And we welcome you back to the Ryan and Russ show, your source for West Virginia sports. And we are getting right into it. West Virginia, the Mountaineers bounce back with a win number two on the season last night to get to two and one 70 to 57. We will recap all the action, but first uh, I know it's a rushes out this week. So you guys are stuck with me, but we're bringing in another member of our Ryan and Rush family. And you know, this guy very familiar with the men's basketball program, former manager for Bob Huggins and that staff for, I think what Nick 2018 to 2022. And he's he's currently uh, in law school at West Virginia university. Um, He is Nick Haynes, AKA Nick notes, Nick, welcome to the Ryan and Russ show. This is your debut on the actual show, right? Correct. You fired up, man. Yeah, yeah, take it easy on me. I <laughs> will do, man. Uh, you know, you're trying to be the next Jay Jacobs, so this is good practice. So hopefully you got big right. shoes to fill now that he's retiring here in December. But Nick, I mean, you watch the game, you go to all the games. What was your takeaways from the 70 to 57 victory over the Jacksonville State Gamecocks last night? Well, overall, I thought we played a lot smarter. Um, one thing I noticed from the Monmouth game is um, once they started kind of getting out in the fast break and running a little bit, um, it felt like we tried to keep pace. And one thing we don't have a lot right now is uh, bodies to be able to play that style of game. So I think we did a much better job of kind of slowing the pace down a little bit and just playing a lot smarter brand of basketball for what we can do right now. Yeah, I, I think the depth has been the common thing that we've talked about as Mountaineer fans. Obviously, we only got eight scholarship guys uh, available, and Bembry w- was uh, played four minutes last night. So it really has turned into a seven-man rotation. The obvious thing, I thought, was the Mountaineers made some more shots last night. There was not that half where they went four of 32 uh, in the first game, and I think it was nine of 32 in, in uh, the Monmouth loss. So they didn't have that one half where they couldn't throw it in the ocean. Coach Josh Eilert spoke to, he thought they had more legs under them, and I agree with him. I mean, you shoot 8 of 19 from the field, 23 of 45 from the game, so shooting at a 50% clip. Nick, just from from, from the eye, what did you think offensively? Um, it, felt like, it felt like they definitely tried to get Jesse Edwards more involved. I know Josh, after the Monmouth game, spoke to – Jesse's got to touch the ball every possession. He, he's by far their best player. He entered the game with the least amount of field goal attempts. He's still – only attempted six shots, but what did you think of the game plan offensively against Jacksonville State, who's usually a pretty good defensive team? Um, I thought it was a, a pretty well-played game offensively by West Virginia for the most part. Um, the biggest thing is I thought they shared the ball more. There wasn't uh, really an emphasis, at least in the uh, from the guards. Um, I felt like during the previous game, a lot of forced shots, a lot of things just weren't there. They did a lot better job sharing the ball and just it just seemed to flow a lot better than what it did uh, the previous night. Yes, indeed. I completely agree. I think flow is a good word. 
and then obviously on the defensive end, there was a change in the defensive game plan. I think everybody, even if you're not an X's and O basketball guy, you notice, hey, this kind of looks like a 2-3 zone out there, and it was. And Jesse Edwards coming over from Syracuse, very familiar with the zone. Rush and I talked about it. Matt and I talked about it uh, yesterday on the pregame show. They're going to have to play zone. And I, I hate zone as much as anybody. I Coach Eilert doesn't like playing zone. He, he's, he's come from the hug tree. He wants to man up, be tougher than you, get it crawl up in you, force turnovers. But, Nick, you talked about when you only got seven, seven and a half, eight guys in your rotation, you're going to have to play zone to keep Jesse Edwards out of foul trouble. What did you think of the 2-3 zone? Because I think there's potential going forward with this unit um, in this 2-3 zone. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was obviously very effective. We did a lot better job defensively, especially in that second half. I really thought we uh, at times we were able to really put the clamps down on them. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, um, like you said, for the uh, lack of the depth that they have at the current moment, I think that's the way you kind of got to go. Um, you know, it's not um, maybe our particularly uh, favorite brand of basketball, but um, yeah. when it's effective, it's as fun to watch as anything else, in my opinion. So, you know, I'm all for it as long as it wins games. Could have said it better myself. Like you said, uh, I like I, I like having pride on the defensive end, but I like winning more. So Jim Beheim, he won 900-plus games uh, sitting in that 2-3 zone. So sometimes you got to put your pride aside, find a way to win. Hugs way to 1-3-1 his Final Four year, and I'm not saying this team's going to Final Four, but Josh has mentioned it in the postgame. they got to find ways to patch it up. they got to find ways to keep guys out of foul trouble. Going forward uh, – so he Josh made a big, big change here in the starting lineup, entering Ofri in for Seth Wilson. I think I thought it gave them more length um, at the guard position, especially going to the zone. So you kind of look at it with the naked eye. I mean, this was the first glimpse of them playing extended minutes in this 2-3 zone. Jesse, obviously very familiar from his Syracuse days. What do you what, what do you think of the the wings though with Josiah Harris and Quinn Slazinski? I mean, those two guys are six six, six seven, six eight. That that's good length. And then at the guard position, Kobe, Kobe's got good length, six two. Um, his wingspan, I think, is six four, six five, and then Ofri as well. And then Seth is a, is an active body. What do you think of the zone going forward um as this competition ramps up with what SMU in a week from now? potentially Virginia or Wisconsin, and then St. John's and Pitt on the horizon. So, um, yeah, I think it's uh, the zone. Um, we have a great poten- – it has a great potential in this stretch, especially without Kerr coming up. Um, you know, I think um, those guys help us. We're going to need uh, Quinn and uh, Josiah to continue to step up like they did uh, last, uh, last night against Jacksonville State. They're, those guys are going to be key, especially uh, Quinn, the way he's turned it on. If he uh, – you know, goes cold there for a couple games. It um, it can hurt us, hurt us really badly. So, um, yeah, we're gonna need those guys to step up, and um, their length and is only gonna be an asset, especially if we're gonna be playing zone for the foreseeable future. So, um, yeah, I think all those are uh, you know good things to watch moving forward. Yeah, um, Nick. So let me ask you this: You have been in that building like myself. They're approaching. This is all. This is such a unique time of year. You get your first three to four home games out of the way, buy games. Then you go into a, a foreign tour trip, um, or I guess this isn't foreign tour. Sorry, this, you go to a a island type place. This year we're going to Fort Myers. We went to Cancun one year. 
we've gone to we were going to go to the Bahamas, but then the the COVID year happened. We went to South Dakota instead. So talk about it. Talk talk about a change of plans. You went from uh, being on the beach at the Bahamas to going to Sioux Falls, where it was thirty degrees and snowing the whole time. You can't leave your room. But uh, what was your what was your what did you think of the time while you were there? Your takeaways of the preparation leading into a tournament because it's unique. You, you're not. This isn't the NBA where you play back to back all the time. It's so they're gonna. I, I know that they will have a day off, but you really don't have many quick turns other than maybe a Saturday and Monday, what were your takeaways while your time with those different tournaments traveling? So uh, just for reference, I was there for uh, two of the uh, tournaments. I wasn't there for South Dakota, but I was there for Cancun and then uh, Charleston for the, uh, yes. um, the uh, I think it was the 2017, or no, not the 2017, I'm thinking high school, of 2021-22 uh, season in Charleston, South Carolina. So the biggest thing that I – um, noticed, and this was kind of required an adjustment from uh, Hugs and his coaching staff because their whole thing was, you know, we're going to practice a long three hours. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But um, when you're when you're only working with one gym, especially in both cases, um, you know, it's in Cancun. We're uh, practicing out of what was basically a kind of like a banquet hall sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just interesting to kind of watch the adjustment period, guys. You know, like to practice. You know two and a half, three hours, and they kind of have to condense it into an hour and a half, two hours at the very most. So I thought um, Hugs and uh, Larry Harrison did a phenomenal job with that, uh, both trips, just trying to get everything in that they uh, need to cover in a condensed time. And that was, uh, I think, the biggest thing that really stood out to me on both trips. Yeah, I agree. Um, what 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 do you think of this staff though? I I think I, I Josh has already mentioned taking taking the load off their legs a little bit some more. Uh, he, he mentioned Mammoth. They felt like they didn't have any legs. That's why they missed two ends of the front and one. Sorry, one and one, and just clanking it off the front of the rim. And it was a sign of not having legs. Do you think Josh's experience from being in the support staff, wearing different hats, video coordinator, doing all the film, to operations where you got to conduct the uh, day-to-day of the of the trips and then an assistant coach last year do you think those different hats benefit you in a setting like this headed into a unique tournament yeah i think um josh's experience just knowing how kind of the ins and outs of how those tournaments work from an operation standpoint um is really going to benefit um him and his staff uh, moving forward into this uh, fort myers trip it's you, you know, he'll know how to operate, you know, in, in that kind of condensed time frame, and, you know, for in all the different things that come up, like, for example, um, like if you run out of ice or some weird situation that you wouldn't have um, at necessarily practicing over at the BPF in Morgantown. So um, the, he'll certainly know and be able to kind of key those guys into some of the more inexperienced staff members into how um, it should work and how he wants it to work. Yeah, I agree. Nick, Talk about this team going forward. Who's your X factor? Because last last year was easy. It was always Eric Stevenson. If Eric Stevenson made a bunch of shots, it was we were go- we were going to win. If he missed and he laid an egg, probably we're going to get blown out. Who is your kind of X factor? You only got about six guys to choose from, so the list is pretty narrowed compared to previous years. But who's your guy going forward? Where hey, if this guy has a night, I like our chances at winning the game. Um. I want to say uh, Jesse Edwards, but I, I think in order to win with such a short rotation, you're going to need 
kind of like a Jesse plus situation. So in my mind, I think you're going to need, you know, Jesse plus uh, Quinn Slazinski to have a night or a Jesse plus Josiah Harris. You know, you're going to need, you know, him plus another um, member. And maybe in, I'm not saying, you know, the second guy needs to score, you know, 20 points in addition to, you know, what, you know, Jesse's 15 or 20 or whatever he ends up having on a given night. But you, you need, you know, even if it's not necessarily from the point standpoint, maybe it's a lot of rebounds, but you need some extra, you know, kind of oomph, you know, to go along with what uh, Edwards could provide. So in, in my mind, just based on what I've seen in the last few games, I think it's going to come from uh, uh, Josiah Harris or Slazinski. Josiah, Josiah's pop, man. I, I, I mean, he, he's active on the offensive glass. Also, uh, I think, I think Kobe Johnson, I, I mean, Kobe last night, 19, six and five. That's, that's as good a stat line as I, I can remember for us at a point guard in a long time, maybe since Deuce and JC. Um, I mean, plus 23 while he was on the floor. Ofri, I thought gave us some good minutes. Quinn, Quinn, it feels like Quinn is a little bit of the emotional X factor with with his ability to make shots and just the way he carries himself from an emotional standpoint. So, I mean, I, I think it's kind of – I like the plus angle from, from you because it's got to be at least one, maybe even two of those guys every single night. I think we got to get something from Seth Wilson. He can't go 23-plus minutes here and not attempt a field goal attempt. He's too good a player, too good a shooter. I like bringing him off the bench too. Uh, let me ask you about that. What do you think of the uh, offensive tweak um, or the starting lineup tweak with Ofri and for Seth to provide more length and to get Seth some instant offense, even though he didn't shoot the ball last night? Um, I didn't mind it. Obviously, we won. Um, that's the, that's the main thing. So it so it proved to, to work. Um, I and you know, I, you know, Josh knows a lot more about basketball than I do. I'll be the first one to admit that. And everybody who knows me knows that's true. Um, but um, I um, was surprised that uh, Seth was the adjustment there. I would have uh, maybe let him, you know, kind of try to settle into that starting lineup because I, I do think there's something there with him. And I think you, know, as I've seen, he's a very hard worker, and I think um, we'll be able to provide something for this team uh, in the future. And um, and maybe that's just um, he's better off the bench. Maybe you know, we, we've seen that in the past, too, with some guys. So, you know, maybe that's his role and maybe that's where he's more comfortable. So time will tell. But, um, yeah, but as far as Seth goes, um, I wouldn't be too concerned. I think he, um, he'll eventually figure it out and uh, come around like he has in the past. So, you know, it, it'll all work itself out. Cream rises to the top, my man. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, in terms of Seth, Seth will get going. I, I'm not worried about Seth. He's just got to shoot the basketball. He's got to find a way to get open, make some shots, because we're going to need him down there in Florida. Uh, looking ahead to the SMU Mustangs, got got a chance to watch them at full length last night. They played the Texas A&M Aggies. They lost 79-66. They're really athletic. They're really fast. They got athletic guards. They got a uh, they, they got some familiar faces there um, on their roster. Uh, the, the big guy for them, Tyreek Smith, played at Oklahoma State, so – a familiar, uh, familiar name there, Rob Lanier in his second year um, after leading Georgia State to the NCAA tournament. It's gonna, it's, it's gonna be a game where the Mountaineers got to play well, and I, I think you're gonna see a lot more zone. And we'll, and we'll preview that next week, next Monday night when we get to the preview show. But I, I think you, kinda, you got to neutralize their athleticism with your length in your zone because they want to get out and run. They want to make it a track meet, an AAU game. So I, I, I expect Josh to ride that zone some more with that length. Uh, they're going to junk it up, change up their defenses, 
Jacksonville State, I thought, bothered us a little bit um, with the pressure, especially late or when we built that 19, 18-point lead. It kind of got the back. I think they got it down to, I think, eight at one point down the stretch, but then we were able yeah. to pull away. But I, I, I think the more and more these guys play in that zone, they're going to get better and better. They're going to figure out how to – utilize angles more, especially the wings, Josiah and Quinn. It, it's an adjustment when you're not used to playing the zone. I'm not worried. Like I said, I'm not worried about Jesse Edwards. He played for a hall of famer in, in the best zone of all time at Syracuse. And I think the, the biggest thing too, and this was Josh's concern on Friday night was and so many coaches do this too. With if, if they make a shot or they get an offensive rebound, you get out of it. That we got, we got to rebound out of it. The guards have got to rebound out of it. Kobe and and Ofri and Seth have got to help rebound down because sometimes in a zone you're not you're not in the best rebounding position because you're either occupied with another body down there, but it, compared to the guards who are already at the free throw line or at at the Big Twelve logo, and if it clanks off the front of the rim, you're right there. So continue to rebound out of the zone. We out rebounded Jackson Jacksonville State thirty eight thirty four. Turnover margin, okay, 12 turnovers. I think that's usually the magic number. Would like to get that to 10, but, I mean, if 12 is not the end of the world, and like you said, uh, multiple guys in double figures. Quinn, Quinn Slazinski, 19 points. Josiah Harris, 12 points. Jesse Edwards, 14 points. Kobe Johnson, 19. Hey, that's a good night. That's a good. This is a good bounce back. This team, this team their back was against the wall. It was embarrassing losing on Friday night. They'll be the first to tell you. You never want to lose a bye yeah. game, no matter how many guys you're down. Was that probably the proudest thing that you were uh, of this team last night was just the the grittiness and, and ability to bounce back? Because some teams, man, I've seen in the past where, hey, man, we're down to eight scholarship players. We feel sorry for ourselves. And they'll just lay down because you already got the excuse built in. I don't see this team just laying down and, and taking it like some of these other high majors have done over the previous years. So, um, yeah, so just to kind of uh, – I, I would agree with that. I think um, that was um, very impressive uh, last night during uh, Jacksonville State. Um, so while this uh, team might not be the uh, most physically tough team that we've uh, seen, and I'm not saying they're not physically tough, I'm just talking about the playing zone and the um, not playing the traditional man-to-man style that we've seen the last um, several seasons. Um, but this might be the most mentally tough team that's come through uh, – come through WVU in a long time. And that and that'll be uh, nice to see and fun to watch. Um, as long as these guys uh keep working, I think um the fan base and the whole state's gonna continue to rally around them. I think um you know everybody wants to see these guys uh do as well as they possibly can and you know, so yeah I, I think this is uh last night proved that this uh could be a really mentally tough group and um and if they're as mentally tough as they uh shown they uh if they keep that up throughout the season, um yeah I think this could be a, a decent year. Agreed, and it's going to come down to probably who 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 we can get healthy, um, who who we can who we can get back. Uh, we'll, we'll get Kerr back after nine games. So what now? Down to six. Uh, we'll figure out about Raekwon Battle. I, I just I literally check in Twitter, or the X, whatever you call it now. Still no update. So shocker there. Um, right. I, I think we'll know something before Fort Myers. Uh, cook a cook. Still monitoring that situation. Obviously, that's a health incident and a scary incident so whenever he's ready if he's ever ready i mean that's that's another thing you don't you don't know where somebody's mind is at or physically at um on a freak accident like that so uh, we'll see i mean 
all you can do is play with who you got, and they got eight guys right now. It's kind of formed into a seven-man rotation with Pat Sumick getting more involved. So continue to uh, get, continue to get better and better and find ways to build some wins so that when you get to league play, you put yourself in a position to contend for an NCAA uh, tournament appearance. Don't take yourself out of it by laying eggs in November and December, and getting that win was crucial last night in that process. So, Nick, I think that'll conclude it for uh, our post-game show, uh, rap- recapping the West Virginia Mountaineers' 70-57 to victory over the Jacksonville State Gamecocks to get to 2-1 on the season. Next up, like I said, next Monday night in Fort Myers, they will take on the SMU Mustangs. Uh, between now and then, tomorrow, we're back talking West Virginia football. Uh, we will have a guest from Cincinnati behind enemy lines, and then I'll give out some keys to victory on how we get win number seven for Neil Brown and company. Nick, do you got a uh, early prediction on Saturday? We we got to get this one right. Um, yeah, as um, I don't know if anyone um, watching tonight's uh, seen our uh, previous Wednesday night live shows, but I'm I'm as down on Cincinnati as a football program as anybody can be. I think we're going to blow them out. Um, forty-five to seven win for the Mountaineers. Ooh, 45 to seven. I like your optimism, Nick. Yeah, we're going to need a bounce back. So we'll bring behind enemy lines with the Cincinnati Bearcats insider. And then I'll give out some keys to victory. And then we'll kick it off Saturday, two o'clock at Mountaineer Field, senior day. So get out there and support those guys. Then back on Monday, recapping and getting right into these SMU Mustangs. Rush is somewhere in Jamaica, probably having a cold one, enjoying his time. So uh, well done, Rush. Happy, uh, happy honeymoon. And we'll see you when you get back. But, uh, Nick, I think you, you did a good job filling in. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll thanks invite for you and Matt. Yeah, we'll invite you and uh, Matt back on. Go check out Nick, uh, President Haynes, um, and Nick's notes. He, he's, he's doing good work for the Ryan and Rush show, part of the team here. So you guys will be seeing more of uh, Big Big Nick, a.k.a. Big Timber. So let's go, Mountaineers, and everybody have a good night, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>